The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Marvelous. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The spell you run will be broken by Chris Jericho. Yeah! A Kiss song, to say the least, and Bruce Kulick from Kiss, who actually played that song live on stage with Paul and Gene, will be here. But first, the Pod of Thunder has arrived. The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride! to talk is jericho jerichoholics how the hell are you very very happy to uh, have you here today i know there's literally hundreds thousands of podcasts you can schwals from and you schwals to be here with me and bruce kulik should be in the rock and roll hall of fame didn't quite get in, although in my mind and in all KISS fans' minds, he definitely deserves to be in there. I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so excited to see uh, him sitting at Paul and Gene's table and having him and Eric Singer come up and say hi to me during the ceremony was amazing. Half of the KISS Revenge lineup coming to say hi to, to, to Jericho. Uh, good times, great tastes. Bruce has so much to talk about behind-the-scenes stories of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, behind-the-scenes stories of being in KISS. He's got a lot of stories. He's got a lot of thoughts about the KISS members who were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Lots to talk about. Uh, I just played Don't Fear the Reaper. Obviously, uh, amazing, amazing tune. Did you see the Will Ferrell, Chad Smith drum-off on Jimmy Fallon? Now, first of all, Fallon is a genius for booking this thing in the first place because people have been talking about this for years, about how Chad Smith and Will Ferrell look alike. And I don't know um, how he finally got this together, but they they, they went on the, The Tonight Show, dressed the same. Will was even kind of talking a little bit like Chad, and they look exactly alike. If you haven't seen it, you gotta go Google it. Google Will Ferrell, Chad Smith, drum off. Now, Chad, great guy, a uh, good friend of mine. He's like, dude, you got to see this. You're going to pee your pants. And I was like, okay. But to see them sitting on the couch, there's two parts. So make sure you watch both parts. To see them sitting on the couch, uh, dressed alike and almost sounding alike was so funny. And then the drum off was even better because obviously Will was not playing drums. It was Questlove um, who played. And Will was kind of air drumming. And then Chad played, you know, some wicked beats. And then they finished off with uh, Will coming out with the cowbell. 
and going into Don't Fear the Reaper where the rest of the Chili Peppers came out and they all uh, they all jammed on it together. Which is funny because if you remember the Saturday Night Live skit that they did years ago with Fallon where he was on drums laughing, which is basically what Jimmy did in every skit, I believe. He just laughed all the time. And it was like, it became the famous, you know, I've got a fever and the only kill is more cowbells. Christopher Watkins playing uh, record producer Bruce Dickinson. And I always wondered, did they even realize that Bruce Dickinson was actually the singer of Iron Maiden? Or was it just kind of like a coincidental thing or something along those lines? But a super funny bit. If you haven't seen it, go check it out now. Will Ferrell, Chad Smith, drum off. And the thing, I watched it with my kids the other day. It's gotten over 20 million views already. And it was like, you know, three days ago. Just shows the power of word of mouth. And, And it's funny because now like Chad Smith is the biggest star in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's like more popular than Flea is now. <laughs> so there you go. Congrats to my bud Chad and Will Farrell for a very funny drum off. And my uh, congrats to my bud uh, Jimmy Fallon for booking that. Like I said, he's not afraid to take a chance and um, get that going. And it was very, very, very funny. All right. So this Sunday we had Payback, uh, the WWE pay-per-view. And once again, Egypt came on, gave his predictions. Not sure exactly uh, who did better. I know you guys keep track of that stuff. So let me know on the Twitter who had the better uh, predictions. Was it me or was it Egypt? But let's uh, review the show right now. Kicked off with the haircut match with El Torito and Hornswoggle. Uh, El Torito gets the victory. Hornswoggle goes Baldski. And uh, it's always funny to watch someone get their hair cut. I don't know why. You know, it's always the same thing in wrestling. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Guy gets to sit down in the barber chair and they shave his head. And I'm not really uh, too sure uh, what exactly the future is for Hornswoggle, but he's always had a job for like the last six or seven years. They always find stuff for him. And of course, he shows up on Raw the next day with the typical wig screaming about, I'm not bald, I'm not bald. And it's the same thing Vince McMahon did, same thing Kurt Angle did. Basically, every single person who's ever had their head shaved in the WWE comes back the next night with a wig on, claiming they did not get their head shaved. So there you go. A good match, so those guys work hard. Good mix. And once again, anytime you can find a guy like Hornswoggle or Torito, I've never met Torito, but Hornswoggle, nice guy, and I'm glad he's uh, working and uh, making, a, making a living, eh? Cesaro and Sheamus, I thought Cesaro was going to win. In some ways, maybe he should have won, but it seems like they still want Sheamus to have a little steam. Uh, good match, good finish, you know, a little quick one out of nowhere after the big swing and all that sort of stuff. I almost wonder if uh, the guys aren't a little bit miscast, though. I think the fans would rather see Cesaro as a babyface at this point and Sheamus as a heel. But once again, it's all part of the build. People! So keep paying attention and see what goes on. Uh, I'm sure you will see a a change fairly soon. Ryback and Curtis Axel versus Cody Rhodes and Goldust, all obviously a backdrop to the breakup of the Rhodes brothers, which seems about a year too late. Um, One of the hottest teams earlier in the year, and now kind of just another couple guys on the roster, so maybe this can heat up uh, Cody a little bit, but it seems like it's a little bit too late for that. They should have done it maybe uh, six months ago when they were the hottest team in the WWE. Rusev and Big E, pretty much standard fare. Rusev gets the win. We knew that was going to happen. Still not sold on Rusev. M sold on Lana. She's a hot one. She's a hot one. She's a hot one. She's a hot one. 
not the not one. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Bo Dallas <clears throat> never actually came to fruition. Came Kane came down and beat the heck out of Kofi, and Bo just smiled a lot. Once again, not completely convinced on Bo either. A lot of people say, "Oh, he's got some Jericho qualities." Don't really see the Jericho qualities, of course, because I'm Jericho. So I don't. Uh, it's like when people tell me I look like Gordon Ramsay. I don't see that e- either. So, anyways, uh, Van Dam versus Bad News Barrett. Good match. Barrett gets the victory. I expected that. Barrett on on a roll. Hopefully they continue. Hopefully Barrett continues to develop. A big fan of uh, Bad News Barrett. I'm a fan of RVD as well. A talk is Jericho alumni, but pretty much uh, I got exactly what I was expecting with that. A good match and the finish that uh, that fits. The uh, Brian Daniel Bryan Brie Bella Stephanie segment loved it. Love how Brie quit on behalf of her man. The only thing I don't like about this is it kind of slightly punks out Daniel Bryan that his wife you know, is almost tougher than he is in some ways, like in that she will stand up for herself and he's the one that should have, I don't know. I I just, like I said on on previous podcasts, I don't like it when they bring married couples into wrestling. You know, if I go see the stones, I don't want to see Mick bring, you know, his wife on stage. Or if I go see Metallica, I don't want James Hetfield to bring his you know daughter on stage. So that's just me. I never really cared for the family angles in wrestling, but uh, like I said, that's me. I am who I am. I am who I am. Last man standing match: Cena versus Bray Wyatt. One of the best last man standings I've ever seen in my life. Uh, even better than the one I had with Triple H back in two thousand, which a lot of people say was one of the best uh, last man standings ever. I don't want to sound egotistical. I'm just telling you what the people said. People, don't get on my case. I'm not. Uh, I'm not bragging on my own self, but that was a good match. I really did enjoy it. But this one, this John Cena Bray Wyatt, what a well-worked match. Great spots, great false finishes, lots of plunder. Cena, just every time, outdoing himself. Anybody who says he's not a good worker is stupid. He's a great worker. He's a great performer. He's a great company man. Love John Cena uh, and love Bray Wyatt. I have for, for a while now. I championed that gimmick uh, before it even got into the company. I was sold on it from the start. And uh, I love how they kept the Usos involved because it seems like uh, you don't want to forget how much work they've put into those guys lately. They've really come into their own. Maybe that'd be a good talk as Jericho. have those guys on uh, on together. Maybe I'll try and get that going. But once again, Cena gets the victory. Really didn't matter either way. Cena's still the top guy in the company, so give him the win. Like I said, it wouldn't really hurt him to lose, but it doesn't really hurt Wyatt to lose either because he's going on to bigger and better things. We all know that. You can see that, and it's obvious. Alicia Fox and Paige. Paige still doing good. Alicia Fox, the new star of the Divas division. Such a ridiculous character. Love it. Uh, Give that one a thumbs up. And then, of course, the no-holds-barred elimination match, Shield versus Evolution. I was right. The Shield wins 3-0. Pins all of the other members of Evolution in succession. This is the last we're going to see of Batista for a while, which is all good. Uh, he's going off to do his movie promotion for Guardians of the Galaxy. Lots of other good stuff going on for Big Dave, and uh, he will be welcomed back with open arms. I got a, a scratchy throat today. I tried to Steve Perry and did not do it. So, um, Did you see Steve Perry when he came back and played with the Eels in Minneapolis? Steve Perry, not appearing on stage for like 10 years, ex-Journey singer, came on and sang an Eels song and sang two Journey songs. And apparently he just showed up. I guess he's a big fan of the Eels and uh, just showed up and said, I'm going to sing today. So the start of the rumors that Steve Perry will rejoin Journey 
Don't know about that. He didn't sound uh, as good as he did back in the old days. But still, Steve Perry singing in this world is is, is a good day for me. I'm a huge Steve Perry fan. Uh, one of my biggest influences uh, as a singer, even though I don't sound anything like him, just as a performer and as a singer, I love Steve Perry. Uh, thanks to everybody who came and rocked with us in this last Fozzie tour. We had a great time. And we look forward to seeing all of you again very, very soon. Had uh, some great shows Atlanta was awesome. Uh, Oneonta, New York. Beckley, West Virginia at the fine Munchies. Thanks to Munchies for the great time. Um, great club. Took care of us. The food was great. Hampton Beach, New Hampshire was great. Rock on the Range. Carolina Rebellion. Uh, so many great shows. Uh, had a great time with Buck Cherry. Awesome rock and roll band. If you get a chance to see them, go do so. And come see Fozzie at Download June 14th on the main stage. And Thursday, June 12th at Leicester Square and also on Sunday, June 15th. London is Jericho. Go to eventbrite.co.uk if you want to get one of the few remaining tickets or meet and greet tickets to come say hi to me in person. Come see my uh, spoken word question and answer show. I guarantee you're going to love it. It's going to be a blast. Come on down. Check it out. And come on down. Coming up next, I got Bruce Kulik from KISS. But before we get started. Talk is Jericho. All right, across the table for me right here, a friend of mine for many years and an amazing guitar player, my favorite guitar player Ooh, in history, Bruce Kulik is here. How you doing, Bruce? Hey, thank you for that. I, I, I know you've been a big supporter of my era of Kiss, and it's always been something I can brag to friends about. <laughs> you, carry, you carry some strength behind that. You know that. No, it was a, it was a, a great era um, all the way through, mm-hmm. and it was, it was really cool to see you. I was just at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as you were there as yes. well, and I was really kind of, you know, I've done a lot of things, but I'm still a fan at heart. And have half of the Revenge era Kiss lineup come and say hi to me. It was really cool, you and Eric Singer. It, it, yeah, every time I'm around those guys, and because you know the only one missing really for that Revenge era is me. If yeah. I'm there, then there it is. And yeah. people always say things like that, so I, I appreciate that. It was so, great to see you. So there. it was really cool to see you, and the fact that you were uh, invited to sit at mm-hmm. Paul and Gene's table with Eric yes. and Tommy. It's a pretty pretty cool honor, I would have to say. Absolutely. I mean, I just. Wrote about it on my website and Facebook and all, and a, a nice long, uh, you know, blog of what it was like yeah. for me. Which, uh, you know, I, I got to be real, real sincere here. I know the Hall of Fame kind of really screwed Kiss, okay? Yeah. And I get their point that they only wanted the original band, but I just think they were misguided in the fact that. The, the, you know, as Paul stated many times, the rules are are, are not clear, and they're mm-hmm. like their own club, and they decide on their own. But as soon as that happened, I was happy, and I realized, oh God, you know, when it was announced, I think it was December last year, yeah. actually. And then I'm like, oh God, how is this going to play out? Are they going to play? What's going to happen? Uh-huh. Am I included? Will I be mentioned? Do, maybe yet would I get inducted? You know, yeah. And I've always kept my uh, expectations kind of low because it's always been a, a very the fans know. But in the big picture, it's it's a complicated issue. The band's unique, extremely sure. unique, and huge, you know, right. and controversial. Yeah. And then and then started the drama. But but one of the most important things for me was like seeing uh, just a few days after that, Paul emailing me saying your contributions, you know, may seem like like it's being not looked at right now. But I'm going to do my best, to, you know, and I really appreciate it because the facts were there. You know, like 10 million records sold in my 12 years and the successful. There is no you know, doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there well, is no you. doubt in my mind and Eric Carr and Eric Singer and Tommy and Vinnie right. Vincent and Marcy yep. Jumpy I'll tell you the reason why because at that ceremony mm-hmm. 
E Street band goes in, yep. and it's guys that like every member, yeah. some guy you know. know that played drums like in 1974. Yep. It's it's total BS, man. Yeah. You guys totally should have been in there. I mean, how did you feel about that? I know you're a very humble guy. But- yeah, I, I mean, I did feel that way. I didn't have to scream about it because I got to admit, the headlines seem to always grab the when someone's really throwing someone under the bus a lot. You yeah, know, it's not really my style. Yeah, I've been saying some things about the Hall of Fame, but Paul. Paul basically has laid it out pretty pretty yeah. strongly, and so is Gene. Um, and then Ace and Peter have been playing the, uh, well, you know, it should be just the original band. I get that. You know, they want all, this, all the light on them, okay? Yeah. But I'm shining here because finally, Kiss has been so successful with Eric and Tommy, and I've seen them, okay? Yeah. I saw them in Canada last year because I happened to have been up there with Grand Funk, and it was awesome. I saw the spider stage and the show. <laughs> you know, I mean, for guys in their, you know, you know, Gene and Paul are in their 60s, it was amazing, okay? Mm-hmm. I loved it. But... The fact that the hall made Kiss, meaning Gene and Paul especially, and then the fans reflect on 40 years, which was always Paul's point. And, of mm. course, the hall didn't give a, give a damn about it. Yeah. Okay? So then it pushed it even more. And guess who gets, uh, gets the bright light then? Well, there's those years with me and Eric Carr, and then there's the years with non-makeup for Eric Singer and myself, yeah. which I, I can't tell you how many fans I've met that I'm the first guitar player they saw. I'm on the favorite I'm, album for them. I'm one of them. Okay, well, thank I'm you. I'm one of them, yeah. So you see what I mean? Um, and generally when Kiss is you know, current, in their current mode, which mm. is makeup, and, and with two younger, healthier guys, Tommy and Eric, you know, you know whenever they're hyping Kiss, they're hyping... Kiss and makeup now. That's, yeah. That is Kiss now. So the Hall of Fame, with, with even though the issue, and, and I could say, well, I was screwed, sure. But, <laughs> but, I, but the benefit of the discussion and the drama and, the, uh, and everyone, dis- well, what's going on with Kiss? Why are they fighting? What's going on? You know what I mean? Even yeah. people that don't care about the record. I could finally share with some of my neighbors who knew that I was a musician, but they didn't get. You know, I'd send them one of the Billboard articles about them <laughs> fighting about and, and my name being mentioned. So right. for me, uh, it's been great in that sense that Kiss trended so high with with uh, attention that that it, obviously all of a sudden people knew about me again in a bigger way. Right. So that's why I've been taking the high road for my for me maybe even less. Uh, I have to say that probably for Tommy and Eric it was a little more awkward because they are in Kiss. Okay, and in um, the makeup, yes, and right. in their makeup, which right. was a criticism. Although when the CEO of the Hall of Fame made the mention, well, those guys shouldn't be inducted because you know they're just imitating, you know, Ace and Peter, the original guys. Uh, hello, hello, Eric Carr wore someone else's makeup. Okay, yes, I was there for twelve years with no makeup. You Eric never wore makeup. Yeah, you know, you get what I mean. And yeah. and then I remember that morning, I, my blood pressure went through the roof, and I'm emailing Gene and Paul, and going, "You left yourself open with all the press about Def Leppard." Kiss tour because you're just hyping Tommy and Eric again. I get it, mm-hmm. of course. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to go do a big, important tour this yeah, summer, right? That's the current lineup. Yeah, and you left yourself wide open here, right? Gene responded to me, copied Doc McGee, first time ever, right? And Paul, and then a, a couple hours later, I'm not saying I, I pushed this. I know they would have done this anyway, but I wanted them to know how upset I was because they left themselves open. Of course, Paul was able to come back. These these idiots at the Hall of Fame don't know anything. They're not even aware that Eric Carr wore a different makeup. You know, he was there for ten years. Yeah, that, that we had members that didn't have makeup and were there with success. So and sold millions of records. Uh, but yeah. again, another headline in the press. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It was hilarious. It kept going back and forth. Every morning, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" And I bookmark it, <laughs> send it to my best friends, and, you know, share it with my wife, you know, because she's not on the internet like me. Right. And and I, my head was spinning constantly. Now I'm coming down. I mean, the high of being there. Um, 
I nearly fell off my chair when Gene called me the great Bruce Kulick. Okay. Yeah, that was and, cool. and, and I had and Tom a, Morello you know, mentioned oh, you in the yeah, opening speech. Yeah. yeah, and I know Tom's a fan of all your. He, yeah. I, I watched his tweets and I remember him talking about like, I was at the Crazy Nights video. <laughs> I mean, why would you go to the Crazy Nights recording video, which is a live video, yeah. you know, if you weren't a fan? You know That's what right. I mean? So um, Tom's a class act. He handled it the way the Hall should have handled it. You know, handled it, it, it was but. almost like, and I mean, I think this is pretty obvious that the Hall put Kiss in begrudgingly, like because it was getting to be such a, a black yes. mark, and like Kiss has to be in. Right. I mean, it's just like, I mean, Deep Purple and Rush. Purple's yeah. not in. Rush is, but it was like they they, they did the absolute minimum that they yeah. had to do. Right. To, to put the band in, and that included completely ignoring your mm-hmm. era and right. you know anybody else's era that wasn't mm-hmm. the original four. Yeah. And it, the rules weren't the same for us, but it didn't matter. The, the attention was there. But yeah. I, do, I do agree with you. I think, I think they're trying to brand it as a bigger thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think last year with Rush and Hart, because I'm friends with Howard Lease, and we, we talked about, about a lot of this drama because you know it, it, some of – other heart members that were important too were not included last year, and they were part of like really Howard. Big, no, Howard did get inducted. Oh, but so like Danny Cromassi and those guys exactly. from the eighties, right? And they yeah. were part of very huge selling Kiss. I mean, uh, heart records. Right. You know, now granted, they weren't on the cover maybe of, of the heart album. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? But they were in the band though for yes, that huge era, absolutely. Just like and, Kiss had the eighties era, and they yeah. got screwed. All right, yeah. but yeah. Then again, the, 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 the Wilson sister. Who knows what politics goes on there? You know, Gene and Paul were really clear that they really wanted uh, this to be broader than just the original four and and then you just have this whole point of selling tickets for an arena i mean there we were the barclay center beautiful place in brooklyn yeah in brooklyn it's like staples center or something like that now i remember talking to some i forget who it was uh oh i think it's that that producer um uh manager guy andrew i I didn't talk to him i read this Mm. that andrew lug uh yeah the stones and he would not go because to him it was supposed to be like at the waldorf a private you know small dinner a fun you know where you and he was like it's just a commercial you know Mm. nonsense right because he wasn't there yeah and you know that uh what howard told me uh was that the heart rush induction ceremonies was sold out in advance and Mm -hmm. you know this one they had a paper okay did they really yes because you know that kiss was was not performing and nirvana couldn't perform and it's it's a kiss couldn't so the the headliners was hauling oats basically yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i but i gotta admit that well you know the east street band and bruce springsteen is going to be something that's true obviously for that area yeah but i have to admit all the entertainment that i did see and i did take off with the guys because they had an early morning to do tv and stuff um so i left like i i caught a few songs from um the east street band with Uh bruce which was exciting but i tell you all the women that performed regarding linda ronstead glenn frey Peter Gabriel, I was practically in tears. Cause, and he, he, and I made a mention of some of his speech, you know, because I saw it online and I remembered it really moved me uh, about what music, how that brings people together and how, how mm. important it is, how dangerous it can be, too, because yeah, it can yeah. make you feel so good. I mean, people are passionate about their music and people are passionate about Kiss. And I know that Kiss fans had to relate. I, I don't think I could have seen any more debates and, and intense, <laughs> you know, reactions from all the, the fans about the division. You know, look, is, is it fair to be upset that the band didn't perform? Yeah, but I don't like when they necessarily want to blame Gene and Paul because they got to understand that it was, it was a bigger well, issue here. Well, with all the, the you know, thousands of musicians that have been influenced and love Kiss, do you know why there was no, like, all-star band playing Kiss songs or some well, kind of representation? I think it was all played out in the press instead of, like, some really good conversations. Eric Singer definitely told me that, that Doc, you know, representing yeah. Doc McGee representing Kiss, had reached out to the hall and probably even Ace and Peter at times. But, I, I you know, I know 
enough about these the camps, okay? If you, yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I'm pretty strategic. I'm an intelligent guy. Uh, me looking at all this, I got to say that the best description I had was like, it was as if the Hall of Fame presents it to the original four guys and they're all in a room and they throw a bomb in there and then they run because it was not going to be able to wor- be worked You're out right. unless they really handled it with some diplomacy. It should have been everybody up there playing. Oh, like unplugged. We made that work. That was never an option. You would you have, to, I mean? yeah, you would have to do it without makeup, I guess. Because, right, yeah. right, because you have that issue. You have a successful, very popular. Let me tell you, because Kiss is out there with Tommy and Eric doing an amazing job yeah. as Kiss. I'm not going to say that you know it's exactly the same as what it was. It right. wasn't the same as my era. It wasn't the same as the original era. Even Gene gave a shout out to Ace. Nobody could play like Ace. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as, mm-hmm. and as much as Tommy does a great job at kind of playing like Ace, you yeah. know. But uh, the point here is just everyone's going to see Kiss now. Kiss is huge. The ticket sales and the merchandise and the popularity is 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 a given. That's a fact. Right. And then they turn on new fans. I mean, I did this thing at Musicians Institute yesterday. That I, no one was over like twenty, and they're all wearing Kiss shirts, and they're all like, <laughs> they know my era too. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm showing them. Uh, you know, God gave rock and roll to you. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I'm like. How did I even know this? You know, I'm out of the band since '96. I mean, do the math: 18 years. Yeah. Well, well, what happened? You know, what I mean, <laughs> well, they're aware of Kiss because Kiss is still an important band. And then, and then, because we have the internet and DVDs and YouTube, they can they can look and go like, oh, "That's awesome! Wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this Crazy Nights record! Oh, Revenge! That kicks, kicks yeah, ass!" Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? So I shine in this current thing, and that's why to just be looking at. What what Kiss fuels nowadays in the sense of concerts and 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 marketing and and and, and rock music in general what they mean, uh, you shouldn't diminish that. And the hall didn't get it, so they just did. You, um, I mean, I noticed too that you were at one table with we said Tommy and Eric yeah. and Gene and Paul, and then mm-hmm. Peter was at one table and Ace was at another. Right. D- did you see Ace at all? Did you ever really interact with him? This being kind a, of one this, of his replacements, right? This this was funny because I don't have an issue with Ace, and I know he doesn't have an issue with me. And, and I why remember, would you? Yeah, yeah. Everybody was at that same hotel, Midtown, in in uh, in, in New York, and I remember I was uh, talking to the guy who runs uh, Kiss Online. This guy. Keith uh-huh. and works with the band and we were hanging out and, and, and getting ready to you know where are the cars when you know who's coming down you know is Gene down yet and I saw Ace just like go out there was a lot of people that greeted him and I was almost ready to go over and just say hi you know and then he got in the car and he was gone mm-hmm. but Peter I did have interaction he was literally opposite me on that that other table which was closest to the stage yeah it, uh, on my table was right behind that one still like amazing seats when they led me out there i was like holy <laughs> you were right this is cr- amazing yeah. i love this and then <laughs> arm's length at the next table is bonnie Raitt and carrie underwood uh-huh. so the only time i had the opportunity to actually you know greet um uh, Peter was, you know, obviously they went up for their induction. They did their speeches. Then they were whisked away, which was part of, like, why Gene and Paul have been, like, upset about the – no one even knew what they were supposed to do or mm. not do, if you get what I'm saying. In what way? Well, I think – No schedule? Or? Right, right. No one was told, you know, Kiss is inducted after Peter Gabriel. Oh, you know what I, you know really? what I mean? No, none of them knew anything. I didn't know it was all a surprise. So you guys were just waiting until they called no, your name. You, you're there enjoying the the evening. Yeah. Peter Gabriel was amazing. Well, first they started off with Brian Epstein and and, and Andrew Lugo, yeah. right? And then they went into Peter Gabriel, which like I like that was a kumbaya moment because he's just <laughs> one of those kind of artists. How, how yeah. can you not like him? You right. Know? And then the next thing you know, the Kiss video yeah. appears. Okay, a short. In fact, there was a nice scene of Gene talking in, in the, from the Revenge era. You know what I mean? Yeah. It must have been from one of the so the videos, you guys you know? didn't even know no, they didn't. Nothing. Wow. How about us being let out? They already started that Jan Wenner already. Was- yeah. 
Why? Because you saw I was sitting in the front row, right. and my friends and I, my cousin was like, "Oh, fashionably late. Kiss is showing up fast, uh-uh. fashionably late." Uh uh-uh. uh We were told to go. I'm look. I'm along for the ride. I could always hear my wife Lisa's voice telling me, "Just." Follow their lead. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I mean. You know, because like, yeah, you're all of a sudden, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm in the band all of a sudden, but I'm not really in the band. Right, but, you know, it's, yeah. but I'm in the band. You're part of the family, right? So, Team Kiss, we're leaving in three minutes. You know, we're in the green room where I got the great shot with uh, Stevie Van Zandt. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. That was a blast. He's <laughs> such a sweetheart. Um, and and then the next thing I know, we're being let out. Kiss, you know, people are screaming out, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, the show started already. Why did they lead us out now? Ace was all the way on the other side. Okay. Yeah. And Peter was like arm's length to me. So maybe politically the way – well, you know, Gene and Paul should get the seats more like where the camera could get them. Yeah, you know? so of they course. they were on that side of the table. I was on the – actually the closer to the stage, but I'm, I turned my chair around so right. I could watch. And the, the tables were actually very close to each other. You know, it wasn't like a sit-down dinner like maybe yeah. what they had at the Waldorf. It was like at a wedding or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a big one downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And you were right on that first row. That's where, right. Where the right stairs by the glass. Are. Right, yeah. exactly. Which is how I, I got to say hi to you, That's of right. course. But, but I did – when Peter came back, whatever they did back there, and I don't even know, but obviously that's where that – photo was taken of the four of them holding the thing which i could tell they were all a little awkward because i think in gene's mind he would have loved the photo with everybody okay Mm -hmm. but look those guys got inducted they got the awards they're holding the awards i didn't even know there was an award to be held i have never seen one before. like an actual it's like a like a triangular trophy sort of thing but it's got a big brass plate with the person's name didn't you see them yeah yeah it looks like winning an oscar or an american music award or something and they were trading them off because they were handed the wrong ones you know somehow (laughs) which i thought was pretty funny that's a good way to break the ice (laughs) that's right that's right wait a minute you have mine give me that (laughs) exactly but they went back there apparently some people did press because i know i think ace uh i heard from from someone in ace's camp that that he did some press there i don't really know if they if gene and paul did much you know but i I just know they came back kind of, you know, like, what just happened? You get what I mean? Because right. they weren't, and they weren't told. And then on the, on the ride back, I know Gene was like asking questions to, to Doc and, and the staff, like, like, how did that happen? Where, wow. what was supposed to happen? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, again, we're all there for, they were there for one reason, of course. And there was no, you gotta remember all the other artists were probably in some way involved with performing. Yeah, and Kiss wasn't. So it was an intense 15 minutes. Let me tell you, I I had a big sigh of relief afterwards, especially with the shout outs. And I mean, the after the awards that, were given. Up. All right, nobody killed each other. Yeah. No one threw anyone under the bus. There were there were little, you know, like you know, Ace made a point because he has a, a belief about sobriety. You know what I mean? Or or being an alcoholic, you know, mm-hmm. and having a problem. And I think he knows that Gene doesn't feel the same way. And I'm not going to get in the middle of that debate. Oh yeah, but you know? being like uh, I think you said it's a disease. Yeah, or something you're like born that, that way. Yeah, you're born and there that are way, people right. that. that feel that way i'd have to ask some of my smart doctor friends what they think you know before i can judge that but and then peter you know made the 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 cat man i'm i'm the cat man in or out of makeup yeah yeah, no matter what i'm like oh boy but (laughs) but if you think about it considering the headlines from the previous month well there was some trash talking going into it too so that was all very i thought it was very respectable of of the 40 years of kiss of the fans of everybody and yeah everybody lost out with the performance because Again, they put a bomb in that room because the rule, and I, I didn't make that point earlier that I should, the hall only wanted the original band in makeup. Hmm. That didn't even happen at Unplugged. Right. And, and yet that was an amazing moment. Do you know I got more fans from the non-believers from Unplugged? Because people like, and I did get to meet uh, Dimebag, you know, uh, yeah. years before, of, of course, tragically died. But uh, he, you don't have a bigger Ace fan than that. Yeah, he has okay. t- ace tattooed yes, on his yes. chest. But people like that <laughs> actually watched that, and then they realized that the band with Eric and I were credible. 
Okay, because you know they were just diehards of the original, yeah. you know, makeup people. And then, of course, they had their fun to see Ace, and then to see all six of us out there. So, what I, my offering would have always been a more unplugged kind of uh, moment for Kiss, but that's not what the Hall wanted. And I get that they wanted the uh, the big because well, I don't what think Kiss they does, knew. You know? I, I don't think they respect no. Kiss and was just right. like put the four guys in there yeah. and forget the rest of the history. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, because when the Red Hot Chili Peppers went in, their original drummer, who I think played on the first yes. EP, I never yes. even knew the guy existed. He's in the Hall of Fame. There's lots of examples of this, and and I thought, you know, I didn't have to talk about it much because Paul, you know, certainly stated the case many times. Yeah. And and, and I know, you know, like, it it vacillated how Ace and Peter were reacting to all this. You know, in some ways they were like, whatever, you know, oh, it should be only the, you know what I mean? Yeah. You you know, all I know is uh, lots of drama, um, lots of attention, and I'm I'm glad I was left out of the kind of any of the trash talk, if you know what I mean. Right. You got, you kind of came out smelling like a, I hope so, but but I will tell you, Chris, and I was talking about this last night to my wife, you know, the pillow talk is always fun. I'm going like, (laughs) it's really amazing. Um, I got a lot of press from this, don't get me wrong, but I know that uh, since I don't have trash talk, Mm-hmm. I don't get as much press. That's right. As if I had trash. If you would have went out there and did an interview and said, mm-hmm. you know, this sucks and Ace right. Frehley's an idiot or yeah, whatever. Exactly. You would be. You know, not my style. That's I not you. I don't need it. No, everyone knows. I'm on, and, and look, I'm taking the high road here because come on, put yourself in my shoes. Suddenly I can gripe about the fact that my ear of kiss is kind of ignored. I yeah. can gripe about that. I have, you know, I know certain fans know, and I know so when I make it's an appearance. underrated era, right? Absolutely, which, and it shouldn't be because for some it was their first era and their most important era. For me, you know? I'm one of All them. All right, yeah. and thank you. Uh, but you, you get what I'm saying, and so I, I could have had a weird, but this made everybody at least look at it more. Mm-hmm. So I, I just kind of took that. I'm going to take the back seat here, and now I can share my thoughts, and and um, and I still don't really have trash. I mean, I'm upset with the Hall of Fame, but what am I going to say? You know, yeah, people yeah. now know that Kiss has more than just a makeup era and i thought it was years. you know i thought it was pretty cool that you were invited to the table mm-hmm. and i could tell you enjoyed it and you appreciate it and i just finished reading paul's book and he described you in it as a <laughs> as a mensch yeah a lot of people don't know what i had to means. i had yeah, to google yeah. actually course, my, my yeah. manager's jewish and i said yeah. what is a mensch yeah yeah and he said you know a good guy respectful yeah, yeah, a respectable exactly. honorable yeah. guy yeah and i was like that's pretty cool man you bruce I, the mensch yeah. <laughs> a lot of people now know some yiddish and i and, and look I, i'm of the tribe too like paul i'm jewish so it was okay for him to use that and and then of course he uh does mention my uh problems with my stomach which i thought was pretty funny too you know <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and what's really ironic is because i i do have some great doctor friends who are guitarists you know <laughs> yeah. who know me very well it's nice to have a doctor a, a, a very <laughs> right, right. bright doctor on speed dial you know what i mean uh, and and i remember sharing that with them i said i guess things haven't changed much uh, you, know, you know what i mean so i gotta i gotta laugh at it i was laughing too because yeah. paul is really honest in his book and yeah. he, if there was trash to be talked about everybody but that's the best he could do for you is yeah. he had some yeah. stomach issues yeah, say, i didn't really want to hear about bruce's stomach <laughs> yeah, issues it's like, and, that's all you got what? Yeah, and yeah. who cares about a fuzz pedal? You know what I mean? He talks about that because they know I'm a gearhead. That's right. I know they always used to make fun of me, and I'm not that bad. I, I know guys that uh, they won't leave you alone about their equipment. You oh, know yeah. I mean? you know, big time, uh, big time. So. Talk is Jericho. Here with Bruce Kulik right now talking about uh, all your time in KISS. Let's talk about when you first joined the band. You know, reading Paul's book, and of course I knew this, what was the... The, the 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 state of the band when you first when you first joined because they were kind of in a rebuilding phase at that point in time right i mean i was well aware that um first of all i knew there was always problems with ace because of my brother right i knew that vinnie uh they appreciated the fact that this guy 
could write some songs, so he got the shot. But then Video, of course, wouldn't sign the contract, which is which is really the way it went. And they right. had to, they had to just move on. I think they were a little reluctant about him anyway. Did they invite him to the Hall of Fame? He's kind of disappeared now. No one can find him. Right. Uh, they're not on though. Like like I think. Gene, and correct me if this doesn't make sense, but I think he's persona non gratis. Gotcha. Or, yeah. You know, however you say it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he That's because exist. he sued the band. And yeah, many he, times. That doesn't go over very well usually for people, okay? <laughs> you know, gripe or not, right. when you get the lawyers involved, uh, no one's happy. So anyway, and he lost, and apparently whatever. You know, I called him in, in Rolling Stone the Howard Hughes of kids. That's right. You know, you know what I mean? That's so, right. That was a big quote. But either way, um, they I feel like they overreacted. Um they went to Grover Jackson to find a guitarist. And I think Paul even mentions it. Grover, Jackson, now, Grover guitar, Jackson, guitar maker. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson guitars. guitars and, yeah. And, this, and I think he was the starter of Charvel, too, which oh, is okay. an important thing. Yeah. And, and, and he had a list of 10 hot L.A. guitar players. And then with the music being Van Halen and shredding. and That you was know, the, or, kind of the trend at yes, the time. Yes. Yeah, really that fast Paul playing, figured, I'm just going to find one of these guys and make him our own. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which was Mark Norton, which turned into Mark St. John. Right. So how weird is this? I remember at my parents' home one time, I got Kerrang! You know that yeah, magazine. Yeah, English ma- right. magazine. And there he is on page 24, full spread on, the new Kiss guitarist. And, you know, no, I'm a little attached to the band because of my brother. Because Bob auditioned. Well, right. He played and, and, a lot of parts yeah, in the studio. Yeah. I hung out with those guys quite a few times because of my brother's relationship with Paul. I remember driving into the city. We all went to a movie together or go to a club in the city. Uh, so I got to see the Paul as the regular person, not the, the, the yeah, rock not star. Yeah, not the star child. Know, right. right. And star child. So I remember looking at this in my head going, wrong, wrong. I, I looked at him and it looked odd to me. It just seemed too made up or something. Too Manufactured? Too, too, yeah, manufactured a bit. And then I, I read his influences and I'm like, what? You know, he's talking about some, they're great guitar players, but he was talking about some fusion guitar players. Oh. And Al, you know, like not Al, Al Domeo, it might have been, um, uh, I'll think of the name, but Those you, you know, guys, you know yeah. yeah, I was like, Wait a minute. If you're not into Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton and and you know like you know like the the yeah. British invasion of guitar players, how could you play guitar and kiss? But I get that was the overreaction that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You see, and um and then fatefully, of course, um, and sadly, he he got the gig, did the video, started to do the record uh, of Animalize, rather, you know, Heaven's on Fire was the video that everyone yes. saw him in. But uh, he came down with this 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 uh, health issue, the writer's syndrome, that's called uh, R E I T E R S. Kind rare i didn't know what the hell it was but it's like arthritis but or it's something? like an arthritic thing and your hand blows up well how are you gonna play guitar wow how weird is that yeah i think he was probably i mean i don't even know how you you know create that disease or whatever but but quite honestly i just think somehow it wasn't meant to be for him mm-hmm. if you get what i mean mm-hmm. this is where where fate and you don't know how it operates yeah and all of a sudden i get a phone call which uh, i remember telling the uh, the people in my class yesterday too about it that uh, I, you know, back in the days of the answering machine, the old, <laughs> yeah. you know, with the little, the little mini cassette, cassette player, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought it said zero, but it actually said twenty, which was the maximum on it. Uh-huh. Paul was trying to call me to come in and play guitar on Animalize, you know. Oh wow! So the next morning, I see, oh my god, uh, there's twenty messages. I hear Paul, and I call him. I said, I'm really sorry about yesterday, dude. I'm real sorry. You know, hey, you got a guitar with a Floyd Rose, which was the the, the trend then. Yeah, the yes. tremolo, the whammy yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, the whammy bar that locks, you know. <laughs> and uh, and off I went to the studio record. Ordered a you know, solo for him, and then he says to me, "Don't cut your hair." And I'm like, "What was that?" Hmm. You know, I, I was used to that role because my brother did it many times with them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. with being a ghost guitar, okay? right? Uh, and it was nice that it, they went, they tried me instead of my brother. Okay? So, did you play on Animalize? Yes. What song? Uh, I think remember? it's uh, ooh, um, 
either murder in high heels. One of those. I mean, okay. it, I did this as a trick question at a trivia thing recently, <laughs> and I already forgot. So it's one but of the, the deep a, tracks. Right. It's the last track on, I think, the first side. Okay. okay. And then I did a few other riffs on another one. You know, mm-hmm. I know some crazy Kiss fan would know this out there. Okay? I'm sure they do. Or KissFacts.com has it. Tweet it to us if you know. But, but, but quite honestly, I didn't know why he said, don't cut your hair. It was about shoulder length at the time. And it turned out that I think he was aware that uh, Mark. Uh, Mark was not well and, and they were not going to wait for him to, to, to be well to tour, you know, mm-hmm. and that they had a tour planned. I mean, lick it up. They had a hit. They, they started that climb back up. Yes. You know that because unfortunately between The Elder and Creatures of Night, even though those records were great in their own ways. Especially Creatures. The, yeah. band, the Creatures tour was a disaster, you know. It, uh, yeah, it did great in Rio yes. and stuff like that when they went uh, <laughs> to South, South yeah, America. Yeah. But America, the, the Motley Crue was opening for them and kicked their ass. You know that. You yes. Know? It was, yes. That was the, their first tour. So, it, you know, all of a sudden uh, I, I am there. Um, originally it was going to be for two weeks, turned into six weeks. I did the entire European tour. Uh, I have some great bootlegs of that too. And then then they wanted to give Mark a shot, you know, and then we were both on the road because they so figured, So you guys are right, touring together. Very weird. Yeah. And the way I remember it, I'm not sure. Everyone tells it a little differently. And I guess I'd know because it was really like, am I going to, uh, is this going to work? Oh, you pulled up Animal Yeah, I'm looking to All see right, the track right, listing. Right. Uh, uh, I, 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 I Lonely is it. the Hunter is the last song. Lonely is the Hunter. That's is it. that the one? That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I did a couple of riffs. Thank you. And I did a couple of riffs on, on the other song. Uh, okay. Just a few at the end. A Murder on High Heels. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, thank you so much. Uh, and I know, I remember when I was in England and that, that was like on the B side of one of the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. singles. Right. I was like, I'm on this. I'm on this. Because I didn't know if I would be in Kiss. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? To me, my, I was like out of my mind thrilled to just be in the band two weeks, even mm-hmm. if that's mm-hmm. all it turned out to be. You know, I mean, to me, that was like uh, Jimmy Nichols, you know, sitting <laughs> in with the Beatles. The Beatles okay? yeah. you know what I mean? For Come one on. tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, as it turned out... Uh, how, I, how was it being on the road with Mark when he knows like, well, this is the guy who's going to replace me? Talk about taking the high road and seeing things. I didn't want it to be the Nancy uh, Kerrigan, uh, you know... Like, <laughs> Take a steel they, pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and do... What was her name? You know, yeah, that, uh, that, Tanya Harding. Yeah, Tanya Harding. Yeah. I looked at it like, hey, this guitar player is out on the road. All right. I know I'm better for the job. Hey, you want to warm up a little bit? Let's jam. Mm-hmm. We, we were jamming backstage. I, mm-hmm. I had to take the high road. I took it totally like because Gina Paul were obviously honoring the contract or whatever and, and going to yeah. give him a fair shot. Okay, and you got to respect him for that because yes. I knew I knew already when Gene would say things. Good job tonight. You know, I, yeah. I knew I knew I was I, I had the home team advantage. You know what I mean? Right. So you know, I, I did a half of uh, a show once. And then Mark came in for the other half, and then he half did, and half. Isn't that weird? Yes, wow. I was I was all suited up. It wasn't makeup, really. I mean, we wore makeup back then, but you know, yeah, yeah of course, it wasn't the kabuki thing. I- eyeliner, and I'm all dressed up and ready. Yeah. And then then they let him do a whole show, and mm. they sent him home. Mm. That was it. And then the next day, I was asked to join the band, you know, officially and, yeah. uh, and given a concert, uh, a contract. I, I think I signed the contract the night we did. It was Detroit, and we did the uh, Animal Animalize, yeah, Animalize, uh, uh, video famous. Uh, yeah. It's on YouTube exactly. now. You can just watch it. It's a great uh, mid eighties. Twelve years of that. That was crazy. So we, we, when they signed you to a contract, were you on like a retainer, a year round thing? Yeah, with those guys, it was easier. I always joked with my friends that it was like, well, I'm I'm paid well when I'm working, and I'm overpaid when I'm not working. You, you know what I mean? Because you know, it was nice to get a week salary for a musician that's very unusual oh absolutely you know but reading paul's book and i've often thought about this and kind of knew it but to hear him say it was how you know he basically took the reins in the 80s because gene was yeah. persona non grata right um 
how was that recording records? Was Gene ever around? No, he was. It's just Gene. Um, you know, Gene's a workaholic. You know him well yeah. enough to know that. He doesn't believe in a day off or anything. So everything's business, business, business. And um, he had his eyesight. Let's 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 face it. I mean, Kiss reached certain heights, and then I think he got that feeling when it was faltering, and they had, and then they took the makeup off, which made him probably he lost that demon thing. Yeah. Even though there were certain times like Revenge and even the Hot and Shade, Gene looked but that tough was later. Cool. But at yeah. that time, Paul still looked like Paul. Oh, yeah. But Gene looked like yeah. he would say Phyllis Diller. And yeah, he, especially Asylum tour. He he was very lost. Uh, yeah. but, but but you know, knowing that he got into this uh, character of the demon really from from the horror movie. Movies and things like that, yeah. And 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 he knows how to brand himself. Uh, I, absolutely, Gene is. You know, he copyrights the, the money bag and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and the dollar sign and whatever. The devil horns. Yeah, yeah, everything. So um, I think I think he wanted to be a, a movie star. Uh, you know, get into Hollywood. He moves to Hollywood. He meets uh, Shannon. He, he yeah. Then he's living with Shannon, and and uh, I think his focus was. Uh, I, I know that we were all cynical. It's hard to make the jump from different things. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're unique that, to Absolutely. go from your, your wrestling fame to a uh, musician music, too. Right. But any any musician, you know, a lot of the TV people, they're great at music. Some of them mm-hmm. in the movie people, and they, they they put out records and nobody cares. You mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Yet they they can have a huge hit box office thing, and and the reverse is true too. Yeah, very hard to do that. Right. So um, yeah, his attention was a bit divided. Although again, because Gene's a workaholic, but Paul had no interest in that. And and he was at the helm. You know, did, did you play? Um, and obviously played the solos. Did you play rhythms on the records too? Yeah, it all depended. Um, uh, like Asylum, certain songs, especially Paul's songs. You know, if he kind of wrote the song, he probably wanted to play the rhythms. And I didn't always play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have to really like look back and listen back. Sure, sure. But um, Asylum was very exciting because that was the first one where I was really a member of the band. Now and now I'm going to record record with them. I sound New York from my trip. Huh? <laughs> uh, what was ironic though uh, was. Because Paul wanted a little bit like the weekends off or whatever, and Gene doesn't believe in a day off. So I remember having 21 days in a row in the studio, wow, being passed between the two of them. But you know, look, I'm a, I'm an Electric Ladyland. I'm the biggest Hendrix fan in the world, and there I am at that studio recording in with, Kiss. With I Kiss. mean, I'm not going to complain. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, for me, my life changed in, in a wonderful way. Did you play bass on some of those records too? Not. Asylum, not that early but, but, period. Uh, that started to happen. Not even, I don't think, Crazy Nights. Um, Hot in the Shade, and then um, during uh, the Revenge album, uh, Ezra knew like uh, you play it, you know, because we kept changing the keys on some of the songs. If I did the demo with Paul, he loved what I did. I even played bass on some of Psycho Circus. It was really exciting. yes, wow, yeah. So Gene had no problem with that? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, they looked at it like. Um, you know that the Beatles sometimes Paul's sure, playing course. drums on a track. Paul and, played lead guitar and Taxman. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So they looked at it like that. And for me, obviously, I, I put the, the 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 Gene attitude in my in my fingers. You know, of playing using his bass, and, and you know what I'm saying. So yeah, of course. Those those tracks, the demo when I did Psycho Circus. Now I'm not even in the band anymore, <laughs> but I was friends with the co-writer. You know that I worked with Kurt that 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 wrote the song with Paul, mm-hmm. and that that's how I kind of got a co-write too on uh, on Psycho Circus too because I was around trying to oh, help okay. out okay it was called dreaming wound up with a lawsuit but that was another story but anyway <laughs> um no I, it was just easy i played the bass on the demo and I, I think most of the paul songs on that record i played bass on yeah I, I think like you said whatever's best for the tune and if you, you have you know the vibe of it and you know you kind of played with gene many years so i'm sure you kind of can guess what he would play and trust me on a song like jungle that i wrote the majority of the riffs on mm. with, with paul and this this guy kurt cuomo uh uh it was me playing the bass 
Oh, and that okay. was the single from that album, which is great. That was from Carnival Souls. And that's actually going to be on one of the exciting things we didn't touch upon today was not only the Hall of Fame everybody talking about 40 years is now because Kiss is back with Universal. You know, Monster mm-hmm. came out through through something with Universal. Uh, they're cat- cataloged as the huge vinyl rollout. Right. And, and there'll be a CDs with, with songs from every album. And usually my era is never too much reissued in any way. Yeah. You know? So now... now uh, my legend lives, lives on. You Let's know? talk about, you mentioned Jungle. That was from Carnival mm-hmm. of Souls record, which is kind of like the, you mentioned your era being forgotten. That album is forgotten yeah. completely. This was the record that you recorded right as the reunion talks right. were happening. What, what, tell us about, like, how was that? How was that whole time period? It must have been a little bit confusing for you. You picked up a good, uh, a good subject. All right, let's uh, know that after Revenge, obviously the band's kept writing. No, Revenge wasn't as big as the band wanted, but it was a great a record. A great record. And, and God Gave was real important for us, too, with the movie, with the Bill, Bill and Ted's Ted. uh, bogus journey. But we were writing. We were always writing. In fact, uh, like the song Within came up out of the, the demos for uh, Carnival Souls, mm-hmm. which, of course, wound up on Psycho, Psycho Circus. Circus okay? right. And my backwards guitar parts was flown over, which, yes, oh. I was paid for it. Okay, everybody, <laughs> don't worry. I didn't give it to them. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're busy demoing and looking doing the, at... Doing and, the follow-up yeah, to Revenge. And seeing how the music business is getting darker and heavier and grungier and detuning, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about 94. Three, four, yeah, okay. It's, it's and now the Soundgarden era, yeah, was in and full now force. it's ninety-five, and all of a sudden Gene realizes and Paul agrees, let's do these convention tours, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's a sidestep into what became Unplugged. Why was Unplugged, uh, you know, there? Because it was really cool what we were doing. You guys were doing the conventions and playing right. acoustic sets during the Kiss right. conventions, and they came out and they saw that. Alex Coletti, the guy, big Kiss fan, MTV you know, guys, exactly. And he says, "Like you're going to do this now." I'm not. I'm unaware that when they booked, and, and why I have to talk about Carnival Souls is to explain. I need to explain first. Unplugged to talk yeah. about Carnival yeah. Souls. So next thing you know, there we are. Um, they insisted on. Uh, bringing Ace and Peter into the fold for that. So they figured out politically the best way to do that. Obviously, that opened the door for possible reunions. In fact, Ace and Peter didn't want to do it unless they maybe can be guaranteed a reunion. So there was all this Mm. stuff that I'm unaware of, but there's all this maneuvering by all these camps about uh, they didn't show up at rehearsal. Why? Well, uh, there was something going on about that. But look, it came out amazing. Did you rehearse those tunes? Yeah, we went to SR, and then eventually they did come. Did you have to work with Ace? Yes, yes, it was fun. It was cool. Did you you have to show him some parts? No, 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 no. He was ready. He brought an Epiphone. He was endorsed by Gibson with Epiphone then. Gotcha. And he had an acoustic with him. I had an extra pedal from a company in New York that I dug, Tech 21, with this acoustic pedal. Step on that, Ace, for the solo. You know what I mean? It'll boost (laughs) boost your levels. They were strict with us, MTV. They made us play acoustics, okay? I had to go play an ovation instead of the Chet Atkins, which oh. is kind of acoustic, but it didn't have a real hot sound hole. So they, they were slapping us for that. But, you know, I made it work. I made mm-hmm. it work. So, all right, we do that. It's big. Now we're done with that performance. We filmed it in uh, August in, in New York, and it was going to be shown on Halloween. Now, we know Toby Wright's going to co-produce the record. Okay, he has the songs. We've done tons of demos. I've been working with Paul. I've been working with Gene. I've been working with Eric. Uh, I worked on I Walk Alone forever. You that know, was your like, tune. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was with Gene, and I was kept 
demoing it and redoing it and trying it and we were fixing it and I had all these crazy backwards ideas for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was flipping tapes and, and just getting like a mad professor with it. And uh, and then I the only reason why Toby heard me singing it is because Gene never got to that point where he sang the demo. The last version we had of it mm-hmm. was with my voice as a, as a guide, really, yeah. just to show what the song was about. And that's when Toby came up with the idea saying, uh, you know, Bruce, sing it. But I don't want to sidetrack. Here's the point. I don't know why we're not recording. All of a sudden, there's this like lull. Okay, there's like we did unplugged at the movies. I mean, the the the, the TV show is going to go on the air, right? You yeah. Know, for what we did, and I'm like, why aren't we recording? I called Gene one day, and it, it was just like, um, when are we going to start the record? Okay, right back to you. You know, and about two <laughs> hours later, he calls me, music grinder. You know, you know. In other words, he booked it. Oh, now, okay, the studio. Yeah. I swear, Chris, it was like. If I didn't remind them that oh. Polygram or Universal, whatever it was called then, you know, had a record. was expecting a record that we kind of started because we did do one. Uh, I know the game. What, what you do is you, you, you do a track. Mm-hmm. Then they have to give you half the advance. Mm-hmm. And then upon a completion, they give you the other half. Right. Now, again, I'm not involved with that money, you know, but they pay me a salary, the band. So obviously they get the money. Yeah. I knew they owed them a record. We're going into the studio. It, it was, they were stalling because they were so distracted with the reunion tour. And setting it up and all the politics and getting it done. And did you know that there was a re- – okay. No. But now later on when <laughs> they finally told us, which was about three-quarters through the record, that they, they invited uh, you know, Gene. We had a meeting up at Gene's guest house. So they call with, a meeting. Uh, right. With Eric with you and, and Eric Singer. Yeah. Say, like, look, this is the deal. Uh, and then everything came to my mind. I understood mm. the hesitation, the stalling, some of their distractions during the record. What did they say to you guys? Well, they basically said, look um, – no one's getting any younger, especially Ace and Peter. And we have these strong offers to do a big tour. We don't, it may only last a year. It, it may last a month. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But we need you guys to know that. And, and we'll, we're going to take care of you guys for a year. So you don't have to stress Oh, so they about kept it. you on salary yes, for a year? Yes. Oh, wow. So it was as if I was in the band that year when I wasn't doing anything, you know. And they probably told us very early in 96, okay. But we still needed to finish the record. <laughs> that was a little awkward. Yeah. I admit. You know, Talking about a lame duck, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I could tell their, their attention. Now Paul's trying on his boots in the, in the studio. Mm-hmm. But, but now the cat's out of the bag. So mm-hmm. it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I never faulted them for it. I think Eric Singer was more in denial about it than me. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt like, look, you know, like Star Wars, these things come around, you know. I mean, uh, and, and sometimes you got to grab that moment. Otherwise, it's, it's yeah. that opportunity, you know. And, which is why currently, if anyone ever thought that they would once again reunite and go off and make up and tour with Ace and Peter, I, I knew that was, a, that was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, no way. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. There's just... Too, no need for it. Too much. Uh, it, it would. It would. It, did it's you, just wrong. Did you ever uh, think like when they finally did get rid of Ace and Peter, but decided to keep you know keep the makeup on and they bring in mm-hmm. Eric Singer? Did you ever think? I wonder. Like, did you ever think that they would call you to, to come in and, and play Ace? And another great question. Okay, you, you know you know this band too well in my history. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was very aware because again, I'm close to the Kiss camp. I got mm. friends at work, and I know and I knew about. Uh, Ace, you know, like like being a, a real wild card during mm-hmm. a lot of a very successful tour, and he was being played paid, sorry, paid an extreme amount of money, right. as far as most musicians know. And for him to even in any shape or form go like, I don't know if I want to show up tonight, is just mind boggling to me. Right, that I got to say, okay. You, you you got this gift of playing guitar. People want to hear you. You're in Kiss. You're an icon. 
shut up and play already <laughs> yeah. and, and stop with the like especially almost, getting a second chance yeah to do this i'm like that always that i'll never know i mean i can't live a day in ace's shoes to know like why it was so hard to work with that situation yeah but tommy was the perfect guy as a tour manager and i i don't agree with ace um Calling Tommy, no, you know, that's, a, a tour manager. That's he, a cheap shot. He played music, okay? played guitar for thirty absolutely. years. Absolutely, absolutely. And and he's a you know not only a a, a bright guy, a talented guitar player. Mm-hmm. So there he is, like the understudy, ready to go in the Smartly. fold. Right? Yeah, in the fold there. And then all of a sudden, it sure enough, it happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at a big concert though. It almost happened at a concert. I was aware of that, yeah. but where he just saunters in real late. You know what I mean? Ten minutes before yeah, showtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, hi. You know, you know, whatever. But <laughs> but the point, yeah, exactly. But the the point is, once that there was some other things like a a, a private gig. You know, yeah, all yeah. bands do these kind of things, and it was like he didn't want to do it. So uh, you know, Tommy, Tommy you're, was there. You're, now I'm aware of this, and I'm thinking I got this good gig with Graham Funk, which is now my uh, I'm it's your band. 14th year now as wow. as a lead guitarist. But I'm going like, uh, what I feel comfortable as the spaceman and and put that on and then have to maybe not play the way i play and play because you always change the solos up a bit like not in a bad way you added your own you you culicalized it well thank you for the ace tunes you know i felt that i showed respect for the important signature riffs i always do that because i know that's important for a song i know vinnie vincent didn't yeah but if gene and paul didn't tell him otherwise then you you go and run with it right but honestly um I always had respect for the important riffs and, and like even if we did a song like She I did want to capture it but there were other ones where I took some liberties mm-hmm. but again I, I didn't have to move like uh, anybody in particular I yeah, just yeah. had to do my thing my right. era was unique to that which forged you know I waved the flag for the non-makeup era so mm-hmm. I think it's easier for Eric to go from the five years that he was in the band behind a drum kit to them to, to suit up as the cat man mm-hmm. and he's a tremendous drummer I oh, have to tell you Absolutely. and 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 it's it's not as an upfront you know guy upfront interacting you know because you know Tommy's doing you know he's up there with Gene and Paul and and obviously uh, for some fans it's no issue at all and then for the diehards because right, he's they, in the front line into, yeah, yeah yeah but it would have been really hard for me now I miss being in Kiss don't get me wrong mm-hmm. and I and I got a nice taste of it last <laughs> week in uh, you know in New York and I'm like. I miss this, you know. <laughs> I mean, no, and I understand those guys' music, and I play great in them. But at the at the cost of becoming the spaceman, I, I, I'm I'm kind of actually relieved it actually didn't happen. Didn't Even happen. though, unfortunately, it means I I couldn't be in Kiss all these years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's so. talk a little bit about Eric Carr. There's something in Paul's book, and it was really interesting to me, talking about when Eric uh, passed mm-hmm. away that he feels very regretful. Yes. That uh, he, he I should have known better. Mm-hmm. I guess they're talking about mentally about I guess cutting Eric off out of the band or whatever Mm -hmm. it was he feels bad how was that uh, around that time frame from your end when Eric started getting sick I mean obviously great guy I'm sure that if Paul and Gene Mm -hmm. are together on one end you and Eric were together on the other end as the the new guys. Yeah, I was very tight with Eric Carr. You know, I, I had a song on that second Union album. You know, that mm-hmm. I sang called "Dear Friend," which kind of tells the story poetically. It was it was really very very hard for everybody. Yeah, uh, Gene and Paul were running a business. Larry Mazer was the manager, and they were moving on. You know, I know there was a lot of like. What do we do here? You mm-hmm. know, um, Eric is sick. Yeah, Eric, Eric. Eric finds cancer of the heart, which you don't want that. Okay. Yeah. There's no uh, I had doctor friends back then too, and it was like uh, this radiologist that that I remember I was close with at the time. He goes like, "That's like not even a five percent, you know, wow uh, rate to, yeah. to, to survive for that." And Paul knew that too. Okay, mm-hmm. but there were certain now when it comes to like 
contractually or there were a lot of rumors going around about like there's no way they dropped his insurance there's, mm-hmm. there's no way i don't even think it's like possible okay and why would yeah. they do that but that was one of the rumors okay and then there was the time when they wanted him to kind of sign some paperwork and and all i have to look at it all as like i don't know mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. I think what Paul is probably referring to, it would have been great for Eric to always know that just get well. You're the drummer of the band. No matter what. But we're auditioning people. We're moving on. We're recording Revenge. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a guy to be the drummer, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it it was easy for Eric Singer because he had worked with uh, With Paul Paul before. And it was really true. I remember reading it in Paul's book, too. And I'll never forget it that Eric, Eric used to say when he met Eric Singer at... Paul's solo tour concert. This is the guy that's going to replace me in Kiss. Why would Eric even say something mm-hmm. like that? Why would he even think he'd have to be replaced? Mm-hmm. You know, those yeah. are weird, fateful, weird things. Well, that was not much different than me looking at the Mark St. John photo. Not quite as heavy. Sure. But I looked at that photo and said, you knew no, it. You no, knew it. this is wrong. Why did I have such a yeah. good reaction to that? So apparently, uh, Eric Carr had some, you know, you know instinctual, like, uh, if I'm not in the band, this is the drummer. And mm-hmm. he was. I mean, Eric Singer was the right choice, you know. But so I just think emotionally speaking, because a lot of business was involved and there was a lot of emotions. I'm very close with Loretta, you know, Eric's sister. Eric's sister, yeah. And, man, she's she's a wild card. She's, she's a wonderful girl. She's uh, really protects Eric's legacy. Mm-hmm. And the family was – everybody was upside down. It was crazy during his Did you illness. talk to Eric during you know? that time a lot? Um, when he was ill? He was very – I never did visit him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he, he actually told me, don't take the trip out here just to see me. I'm fine. Obviously, after his operation, the first time they looked in there and took care of this uh, tumor, uh, he was – was at my house i have these photos of him he's got a f- freaking huge scar yeah. you know and then he was the guy in the rental car who picked me up to go do god gave rock and roll video okay because he had already had surgery yet he still and now he was being video. treated to yeah. be sure the cancer doesn't come back but the problem is that cancer on your heart is just like something that uh, obviously there's you know it just can travel you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. whatever and then uh, he winds up with a hemorrhage or something uh, a brain thing by then the family really kept them cut off from everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just felt like uh, Paul was more referring to the fact that it was probably – it would have been nice to, to not have so much negative drama mm-hmm. about it and that everybody be like, just get well, dude, and everything's yeah. fine. And, 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 and again, I'm not really knowledgeable because I didn't own the band to, to know sure. like, what was being said to him that way, right. you know, contractually or, or just business-wise, you know. And, but it meant a lot for me, and, and Loretta knows um, – um, too that that by Paul coming to that conclusion and having those words means that he's aware that it could have been like I always used to say it could have been handled better but mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I could have done about well, and that. it's interesting like you said it's interesting that Paul actually admitted that I thought it was I thought yeah. it was pretty uh, pretty honorable for him to say mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. and then there was this whole drama in the press recently too because th- there is uh, someone mentioned I'll keep him unnamed actually in the will that that was suing Kiss but oh, made yeah. it look like Eric Carr's family was suing Kiss that's right he's not the family yeah. the report was wrong he wasn't technically suing he suing was, for he, royalties it, it was discovery technically which which the papers yeah. can pick up and the post ran with this and uh, Mark Abatista my lawyer too w- got involved Loretta's calling me at like I'm up early <laughs> 7.30 in the morning Bruce what do I do <laughs> people want to comment from me I said you're going to shut up and not say anything <laughs> and you're going to talk to a lawyer because you don't want you don't know what you're walking into here. Yeah. And then in the end, I remember Gene was tweeting things, shameful. <laughs> no, Gene didn't have the facts right. And I'm emailing Gene and, and, and Paul and telling them, look, I know who this is because mm-hmm. I'm in the will. So I have a copy of the will. Oh, wow. right? okay. 
this is an Eric's family suing for, for, for royalties, you know? This was a mess Eric Carr left behind, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it will be dealt with, but, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, their, their lawyer tells Gene back, you know, gag order. It, it, it isn't, yeah. it isn't Eric's family. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Cause Loretta called them. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, Paul's tweeting very kindly, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of this. This is not Eric Carr's family, mm-hmm. you know, and it's shameful, you know, that yeah, way, yeah, that you know, part. I mean, turning it around, you know, and I'm like, phew, you know what I mean? And that went on for a couple of days. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the, the my, my kiss world, I, I never like, ends, dude. No, it doesn't. I always like to say, you know, it's it's just a kiss world, and we all live in it. And <laughs> yeah. and I've never been living in it so intensely as the this, last this, this the last you know. Well, since since the induction was announced in December, yeah. and I had this amazing wedding in January to my lovely bride Lisa, mm-hmm. and they were there. And That's then, cool. And then the uh, that that shot of the of the four of us, Lisa and I, with Gene and Paul, was priceless. And then, uh, you know, the fact that the cantor who did the ceremony for us. You know, it's traditional that you do talk to whoever is going to do the, yeah. um, you know, you know, ceremony for you. Uh, so he 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 tells the story, and it's really true. I mean, Lisa first went in full rock, you know, like like gear, you know, sexy outfit and everything to meet Kiss, and she gets. <laughs> She gets pulled out to meet the band in 86, you know, for the uh, Asylum tour. And she's there to see Paul Stanley, not me. Yeah. You know, Eric, she had a little interaction with Eric and she and he introduced her to me. And I was always very nervous back there at any yeah. of those. No matter. It didn't matter, you know, and especially if you're pretty and she was gorgeous. You know, so I was like <laughs> freaking out. And the next thing you know, um, you know, Paul had a little chat with her. Yeah. And, and, and so the cantor's doing the ceremony, you know, and he's going, like, and, and Lisa, you know, you actually met Bruce another time back in 1986 and but you were not there to see you know your husband to be you were there to see Paul Stanley and then it's so funny because we're facing each other she's actually got the view of Paul's table with, with Gene and Eric yeah and and I'm looking the other way and her face is like like oh and, 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 and Paul apparently was throwing kisses you know and this, it was such a, a funny shout out you know and it was so cool to, to see that and, and to see something go full circle yeah. at a wedding and I remember I was so grateful for those guys for coming because I know I know with, with people that, that you know yeah. are kind of busy and famous and scheduled yeah, are you going to make it there and they were like oh we wouldn't miss this for anything you know and that was so sweet you know it meant a lot they got a re- lot of respect for, for what you did and, and the work that you did and uh, uh, you know you're doing so much stuff you, talk, you mentioned Grand Funk you're still touring yeah. with them uh, in the summer always playing with them mm-hmm. great great gig and another then, band no 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 hall of fame that's right there's so many i mean yes. but that one definitely i yeah. mean for sure now and also too you were talking about your your, your solo record bk3 right. which came out a couple of years ago now yeah. it's finally getting to go up on itunes yes i'm getting that going um and and i'm really happy you brought that up uh 2010 is when I put out my my solo mm-hmm. record BK3, which featured Gene and Eric's on there, Eric Seringer. There's a lot and, uh, of great tunes. I had yeah. yeah, I had his son Nick sing a song, which oh. was like kind of like him getting um, uh, on my dime, shall I say? <laughs> he learned what it was to be in the studio and be produced, yeah. you know, along with my my producer Jeremy. Uh, I mean, I, how funny was that? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I went to uh, I booked Henson's studio and we did the song with with Gene, you know, which is the old A and M studio. Anyway. Um, I had a regular record deal. I licensed it to the same label that put out uh, Aces Anomaly, you know, mm-hmm. and it did pretty well. But that label had a lot of problems. You know, the music industry yeah. is like in shambles. Right. Okay. So once the label kind of like, uh, you know, disbanded, uh, I was able to get the rights back to, 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 the, to the album because mm-hmm. it was up on iTunes at a certain time. And I've been waiting and my schedule is crazy with all the hats I wear, you know, to do this and this and this and this. Okay. 
But I finally finished uh, two really exciting things that I could add to the re-release. Okay, so I want it up there because I want to be able to people can you know well, in sample this day it. Age, if you're it. not on iTunes, you yes. almost don't exist because then you won't be really with Spotify and the other streaming yeah, things. Yeah. So it's going up there. There's a remix done by this really talented DJ uh, named Chufu mm-hmm. who uh, did a really cool heavy version of a, of a dance remix of "Ain't Gonna Die," the song that Gene sings, and um, and then there was one other. Really awesome Beatley kind of song that just never got finished. I didn't mm-hmm. know who should sing it, and it didn't fit on the record at the time. That a, a dear friend of mine who I've recorded with this talented guy Andrew London, who uh, I've mentioned on my Facebook page, and he was at my wedding. He he performed a couple mm-hmm. of songs there. Uh, he sang it, uh, and just going in the studio again and revisiting anything from that album was a real treat, you know. But it was wonderful. It was a <coughs> long day, but <laughs> it's all going to be up there. When when do you think you're going to get it up there? <laughs> This month. All right. Good. Perfect. 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 Last question for you, Bruce. Uh, a two-prong question. What was, your, what was your favorite song from, from that 80s era, Kiss, if you had to pick just one or two? My era, right? Yeah. From- I always like to say there were like, kind of highlights. I mean, I'll go in order of you know, Tears Are Falling mm-hmm. from, from um, Asylum. Great solo. Important. Yeah. I get asked a lot about um, Who Wants to Be Lonely, which I like to do live. In fact, mm-hmm. yesterday at the school, they were like, can you show me the solo? That's that's a forgotten yeah. tune. That's yeah. a great tune. A really cool song. Yeah. I, I like performing that one. And then when, you know, like Crazy Nights, I mean, that was huge in England. Yeah. And, and I got to do like my BK Eddie Van Halen thing in that song. <laughs> that's right. That was yeah. great. Uh, Hot in the Shade had Forever, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I mean, Another who, tremendous solo. Yeah. Who, uh, well, and, and I always tell the story, especially at the school, from, from you know, with the music kids, how, you know, you have to have a, a, a really... Um, you got to have an open mind, you know, when you're recording, because I thought I'd play like the melody on the electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, mm, I hear an acoustic solo. Mm. You know, I was like, whoa. And, he, and by the time he goes to remember Tower Records, by the time he <laughs> took his Porsche to Tower Records to, to get a, a Zeppelin thing to show me what he meant. You couldn't go just online. That's and right. That's right. Like that. uh, uh, I already kind of had most of the solo oh, ideas wow. down. And there's that solo from forever, which who would think it would be a song from, uh, you know, weddings and things, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and it was me who got Paul to meet, you know, and work with uh, Michael, Michael Bolton because Michael was real serious about it. He was such a big writer at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like time for him to write the power ballad of yeah. Kiss, right? And then when you get to Revenge, God, I mean, you know, I love Unholy and and, and and then God Gave Rock and Roll is the other anthem, I mm-hmm. think, that belongs really tied tightly to Kiss. Well, I know when I do live gigs, I'll do Rock and Roll all night, but I always try to have an opportunity to play God like, Gave Rock and Roll because that was the more... And what, what about uh, from, from the 70s Kiss that you guys used to like to play live? Oh, I mean, you know, it's interesting because, the, you know, like, no, did I want to play Love Gun? I was a little tired about Love Gun, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even though I could shine on it, you yeah. know, but... I thought some of the most challenging songs were like things like Parasite was really cool, mm. fast and killer mm-hmm. riff. She, wow, you know. And you only started playing that in the later years yeah, of the band, too. But that was great for yeah. me. You know, where Eric knew every song from Kiss. So I remember at the Unplugged things, he could, he could play along. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what's love theme for Kiss? <laughs> you know, when they would break into that, Chris, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, what is it's that? It's not a you song. Know? Right, right. And, and sure enough, it barely was on that <laughs> That's album. That's right. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And, the, and I guess uh, like 100,000 years, I was just talking oh. about that one. Ace played some amazing, amazing stuff Amazing, amazing. You know, I, and, and, and oddly enough, even though Kiss always does uh, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, I don't think I ever played that with mm. the band. Although mm-hmm. we did uh, I Want You. That was another yep. later one. I mean, here's that band that a lot of people didn't think had great songs. You know, unfortunately on the radio, you'll, you'll hear Shout It Out Loud. You'll hear, of course, Rock and Roll Night. You can't get away from it. And, and, and occasionally you'll lick it up or something yeah, or like that. Yeah, I was that. made for loving you. Yeah, or I was made for loving you. But, but really, sadly, 
the the catalog for Kiss I think is tremendous. I agree. And, and as much as they were the original like like four piece rock band garage band really, which is why they influenced people like like Nirvana yeah. and, and and bands like that, mm-hmm. the Seattle people too. Um, I think I think anyone that didn't take a lot of that stuff seriously as musicians. Yeah, they knew they weren't Led Zeppelin, so they they figured out a way to be noticed and, That's right. and successfully. But by the time you had Eric and I in the band, or now with Eric and Tommy, I mean they could really play anything. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I know Gene never likes to think of himself as a musician, which is funny. He's and he's musician. a great bass player. He's a great singer. He just too. doesn't care and singer. Yeah. yeah, and those guys harmonize so magically together. So and when I've done the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, which I'm proudly a part of, I got to jam with my heroes too, That's like so like cool. Jack Bruce and Roger Daltrey. Uh, honestly, um, when you take apart the songs and teach a band, even if it's something simple like uh, uh, Do You Love Me, mm-hmm. it, it's great stuff. I yeah, mean, oh, this, yeah. this band deserved the 40 years to be in the Hall of That's Fame. Right. But, but it's just just such an amazing history with this band. And, and, and I think it's just one of those bands that will never be forgotten, just like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and stuff like that. I agree. And you were, you were a big part of it. And it was, Thank like you. I said, in my mind, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It Thank was great you. to see you there. BK3 on iTunes. Check it out. Uh, Bruce's guitar playing is always great. And it's great having you in the studio, my friend. Thanks, man. I mean, uh, your you know, site, your blog, everyone loves you. And follow me on Facebook and Twitter and all that. <laughs> we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. great. Talk is Jericho. Thanks for listening to my show, and thanks to Bruce Kulick for being here. Such a great guy. Great interview, as always. And thanks to you for using my Amazon link every time you do your online shopping. Really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, UK, Canada, and everybody's going Amazon. Amazon USA. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done and helping me out in the process. Do you want to check out the new Fozzie record? You can pre-order it right now and do it through Amazon. It's called Do You Want to Start a War? You've heard lights go out. If you pre-order Do You Want to Start a War now, you'll also get one crazed anarchist now. You don't have to worry until July 22nd or wait until July 22nd to hear it. You can hear it now if you pre-order it. I'm going to play it for you now as a little sample. A little bit of good faith. New Fozzie, One Crazy Anarchist, right here on Talk is Jericho. Crank it up! Just, I'm crazy, I'm 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 just, I
know on the twitter at talk is jericho if you like one crazed anarchist if you like lights go out then pre-order it now do you want to start a wars the record do it on amazon and ready we'll see you on friday aj styles the hottest free agent in pro wrestling and the new japan pro wrestling world champion do you know how hard it is to become world champ when you're a foreigner in japan it's a huge accomplishment very excited to talk to AJ. We will see him on Friday. We'll see you Friday. And in the meantime, and in between times, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 